You know one thing that I have noticed. Every true revival, every true move of God that has swept this nation has been marked by true repentance. Heartfelt repentance. And beloved, we need to pray that God will bring us a spirit of repentance to this nation and to the church. Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they what? Shall see God. The pure in heart shall see God. So if we could change our hearts the way God wants us to, we could see God. Maybe the reason this world is not seeing God is because our hearts are far from Him. In Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4, he asked the question, Who shall ascend to the mount of God? In other words, who shall see God? Who shall approach God? And then he answers it with this word. He that hath clean hands and a what? And a pure heart. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Clean hands is repentance to me. And pure heart is opening yourself up to God to let God search you in your innermost thoughts and your innermost life. How many of you believe that God really knows our heart? He knows what we're thinking when nobody else does. Is this not true? He knows when there's jealousy, envy, and strife in there that we, we conceal from other people, don't He? He knows when there's rebellion in there. He knows when there's hate, anger, resentment, bitterness in there. He knows even though we may be able to conceal it from others' eyes, God knows because He sees the heart. Listen to this. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Isn't there a scripture that says that the heart is deceitful and wicked? And who can know it? Our own hearts, you know, we can even be deceived by our own hearts. So then, set, S-E-T, seek the Lord with all your heart, but also E stands for engage. Engage in real Bible study. Now, folks, in this day and age, we have the Bible everywhere. We have it on the Internet. Yesterday, as we walked around that place, I was absolutely amazed at how much Scripture was on that place. Did you all notice that? I mean, uh, the Ten Commandments in humongous letters on that mountain, and that is a gorgeous place. And then everywhere you turned was the Word of God, just everywhere. I thought to myself, maybe this is what God meant when He told Moses and Joshua that they should put the Word, the Ten Commandments, right before them, even on their eyelids, as it were, that they could see them all the time. And then there was this one path up the mountain, the steps up the mountain, and they had the whole plan of salvation beginning with repentance and justification and regeneration and so on and so forth and baptism, you would progress up the steps and there'd be a big old monument there and you would read the scripture on there. I told the brothers and sisters that were standing there close to me after I had done those 5,280 steps up that other mountain, I said, you know what, folks, I think I can only get as far as repentance today. I don't think I can get all the way to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Any, We may have to make this another trip, you know, for me to get all the way up there to the final doctrine on those steps. I, I was tired. Wait a minute, I didn't read the scripture. Sorry about that. I did not read the scripture for engage in serious Bible study. Here it is, Hebrews 4.12. You know this scripture. For the word of God is what? Quick. For the word of God is quick. What does that mean? Does it mean they can run fast? It mean I can run up those steps like Sam did yesterday? Of course, everybody knows Sam's not human. <laughs> he got some, something in him there that en- enables him to... I think it's ADHD, but don't tell him that. <laughs> I've told you that ADHD are my favorite kind of people, right? 
because they are movers and shakers, you know. Yeah, they, you know, I like that. Give me, give me a whole church full of people that are ADHD. Hallelujah. Praise God. But anyway, the Word of God is quick. It means it's alive. It's living. See, this is what God was talking about when He said, I'll write it on their hearts. He means that the Spirit of God will take the Word of God and He'll make it alive to us. It won't be just a dead commandment or instruction, but it will come alive. The Spirit of God does that. And it goes on to say, and it is powerful and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, what is there about a two-edged sword? Two-edged sword cuts both ways. Rank was teaching us this Wednesday night concerning the armor that God has given us and the sword of the Spirit. And he was remarking that that is a two-edged sword. It'll cut both ways. The Roman sword that Paul was using as the, as the backdrop of his illustration there in Ephesians 6. So then, the Word of God can cut going and coming. <laughs> and piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. How many of you have ever read a scripture, not in church... You read it somewhere outside of church and the Holy Spirit either taught you a wonderful spiritual truth from that scripture or maybe he convicted you and cut you in the heart with it. Have you had that experience? That's the Word of God. The Word of God with the Holy Spirit working with it has tremendous power to do that. 